It is mid-November, and you know what that means in the Buckeye State. It is playoff football time, and what better matchup could you ask for in the regional semifinals? We welcome you into Pat Mancuso Field on the campus of Princeton High School. I am Jason Griefer alongside technical wizard Zach Waddell. Delighted to bring you Cowboys football here on WyomingAthletics.org. And as I said, could you ask for a better matchup here? A rivalry unlike any other in Cincinnati. The Wyoming Cowboys and the Braves of Indian Hill. The second meeting between the two in the last 15 days. Tonight, though, the stakes even bigger. The winner of this game moves on to next week's regional championship to take on the winner of Valley View and Roger Bacon. Wyoming 11-0 on the year, ran the table in the CHL, beat Indian Hill 21-18 in the regular season finale to win the league title once again. Cowboys 26-game winning streak. As you know, they are the defending state champions. Indian Hill on the other side, 9-2 on the year, 6-1 in the league. Their other loss on the season came back early in the year, a 16-6 result against McNick. How did we get here today? Well, in the first round of the playoffs, Wyoming, little trouble with Milton Union, winning the game 49-18. Evan Prater, 217 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. Breakout game for C.J. Hester. Hester, that one, a freshman, 147 yards on just 13 carries and the touchdown. On the other side, the Braves of Indian Hill in round one, a high-scoring affair. They knocked out Kenton by a score of 61 to 32, Alex Lindbergh, the defensive star of the game for the Braves. He had three picks in the win over Kent. Two of them he returned for touchdowns. Wyoming taking the field right now, wearing the all-blue uniforms with the white helmets. They will be the home team here tonight. Indian Hill, black helmets, black pants, white jerseys with silver numbers and letters. Good crowd on attendance here. Especially on the Wyoming side, Indian Hill fans still filing in here. And a wonderful night. Chilly out here. Upper 30s, the temperature is expected to be, but clear skies all the way. We are set for a spectacular night of high school football between two of the more bitter rivals in the area, which should be a fun, fun evening of football. Indian Hill won the toss a bit earlier, and they have deferred to the second half. So Cowboys fans... We'll get Evan Prater on the field immediately for the team. Horace Prater, the Army All-American, will attend college at Cincinnati. Ran for a career-high 303 yards two weeks ago in the 21-18 win over Indian Hill. Horace Wyoming led that 21-3 after three quarters. Indian Hill made a run late, but Wyoming was able to hold things off. How will Indian Hill score against this brilliant Wyoming defense has allowed just 67 points on the year? We'll have to wait a little bit to find out for that result. Before we get there, oh, we've got a kickoff here coming. As Sam Taylor and C.J. Hester will stand back and await the kick. And Jake Luke Lundberg, I should say, will kick it off for the Braves. Up the press box here, good crowd here on, on hand. Wyoming fans have nearly packed their side of the stands. Wyoming will go from left to right from our press box up behind the Wyoming bench. Wyoming Cowboys 
fans are ready to go. The sidelines bouncing up and down, if anything, to stay warm. But they are excited. This rivalry is renewed once again. This time, the winner goes on to the regional title, and we are underway as that kickoff is a line drive. It will go through the end zone for the touchback. Ball was spinning towards the left sideline, but Lundberg able to keep it in play through the end zone. And thus, Wyoming will begin at its 20-yard line. Evan Prater, the senior, Mr. Everything, might end up being Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. 1,537 passing yards, 20 touchdowns against just six picks. He's also run for over 1,200 yards and 19 touchdowns on the ground. So nearly 3,000 all-purpose yards and 39 touchdowns. Indian Hill will try and combat him with a defense that allows just 13 and a half points per game. Prater will line up in the gun, two receivers to his left, one to the right. He will send one in motion, and the handoff will be on first down and given forward to Bo Thomas, who will start at tailback today with Elijah McGee out due to the knee injury. Thomas, 334 yards on the ground on the year and three touchdowns. He will also play a lot on the defensive side of the football. Gain of one on first down. Prater quickly to the line from the left hash. It will be second and nine. Prater checks to the sideline for an adjustment. 20 on the play clock. And he makes his adjustment up front. Checking out wide with Jute Mitchell, his leading wide receiver. Prater going to roll out to the right. He has a big arm, but pressure is coming in the backfield. And Prater is going to go down back at the 14-yard line. Terrific play in the backfield by the Braves. It'll be third down and long as he was brought down on the play by Zach Osterhays. It will be third down and 16 for the Cowboys. Prater looks to the sideline to get his signal. And it looks like as they're about to break the huddle, we four wide receivers still late getting it out there play clock down to 10 and Wyoming's just now breaking the huddle it will be four wide receivers for the Cowboys play clock down to five Prater in an empty backfield man in motion and Prater will get the play off here he will take it on the play fake Prater down the right sideline out near the 22 yard line he will be strung out of bounds and Indian Hill will force a three and out on the opening possession the sack really set the Cowboys back on the play. Prater really had nowhere to go in the situation and eventually ducked out of bounds. Trey Lopez, the starting quarterback for Indian Hill, will await the punt inside his own 45-yard line. Low line drive will go out of bounds at the Indian Hill 45-yard line, so the Braves will get excellent field position to start, and Trey Lopez will remain on the field. The senior dual-threat quarterback, much of the same way as Evan Prater, much smaller though as Lopez, 5'10", listed at a buck 55. 1,445 yards on the season, 14 touchdowns, just one pick. He is 13 yards shy of 1,000 yards rushing, and on the ground, he has got it, gotten into the end zone 16 times, so 30 total touchdowns for Trey Lopez. He will line up in the gun. Have two receivers out wide. Man comes in motion to the left. Lopez wants a shot out wide. It is through the hands of his intended target and incomplete as he threw a missile right on the hands of Amari Whitehead. 
and it falls harmlessly to the turf. Whitehead, the leader for the Braves in terms of yardage, 667 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. Expect to hear his name and also Luke Hammond's name quite a bit. Hammond leads the team in receptions with 39 and touchdowns with eight, both of whom will also play on the defensive side of things. So second and 10 for the Braves from the left hash on their own 45-yard line. 10.08 to go in the first quarter. Bobble on the snap, and Lopez eventually secures it, keeps it himself, going to try and string it out wide. Gets a block from Whitehead, and he'll make something out of nothing, and Lopez will cross into Cowboys territory out at the 47-yard line. Busted play from the get-go as Lopez and Weiler were sloppy on the exchange and popped back into the hands of Lopez. He turned what could have been a five-yard loss into an eight-yard gain. It'll make it third and two for Indian Hill. Cowbells out in effect as the Cowboys fans want to stop from their defense. Third and two as Weiler shifts to the right of Lopez. Lopez will keep it himself, dancing forward, and doesn't look like he'll get the first down. Good job by the linebackers of Wyoming to stay home and force Lopez to move laterally, and they do bring him down, and Indian Hill will send on the punting unit. So both teams at the stands now force a three and out on the other's opening possession. Luke Lundberg will come on to punt it away. Brennan Pagan and Will Schuler will stand in at the 10-yard line to await it for Wyoming. Easy snap, and Lundberg will boot it away. This is a high, spiraling punt. It will go into the end zone for a touchback. Lundberg may have caught that one a little too clean in trying to pin Wyoming back, so the Cowboys will begin at second possession from the 20-yard line, 9-12 to go in the first. And both teams go three and out on the opening possession. Indian Hill already set to go on the field. Wyoming still huddled near the sideline, and now they make their way on to the field. Indian Hill fans still filing in. Student section is in effect, and I see some Braves students across the way in the student section shirtless here tonight. That's one way to brave the elements, get the adrenaline going, I guess. Back here on the field, Camden O'Gara goes to the left side of the line. They'll hand off up the middle to Thomas. Big hole through the middle, and Thomas able to work his way to the 25-yard line for a gain of five. Second down and five for the Cowboys. With McGee out, Bo Thomas likely to see a lot of action on the offensive side. McGee. The leading rusher behind Prater on the year was 622 and nine touchdowns. Again, he is out with the knee injury. So Bo Thomas, the number two tailback in terms of yardage outside of Prater, will play a lot here today. Prater fakes the handoff to Thomas, tries to get forward, and spins his way to the 28-yard line for a gain of three. It'll make it third down and two for the Cowboys. Thomas checks out. Jared Hancock will come in tight end, really in there more for blocking purposes as Prater looks to the sideline. 8.15 to go in the first. Wyoming facing another third down situation. We're backed up behind the sticks on the previous drive and Prater could not convert. Indian Hill will load the box, eight in the box, expecting 
Prater to keep this ball all away on third down and two. He will off the left side, trying to dance his way back into the middle. Met right at the line of scrimmage. He was popped by Will Kleekamp. It will depend on the spot, and Prater's forward progress will be enough for a Cowboys first down. Kleekamp met him right in the hole, but Prater, just too much size, was able to get the first down really by about the length of the football. Prater had a field day two weeks ago against Indian Hill, running for 303 yards, a career high in the 21-18 win that cinched the CHL title for the Cowboys. He will go from the gun here. Camden O'Gara shifts from the right side of the line to the left. Thomas fakes the handoff to him. Prater going to keep it forward, and he'll push his way to the 34-yard line for a gain of four. Lee Camp meets him again in the hole for the stop. Second, second and six coming for the Cowboys as Thomas checks out and taking his place on the field is Sam Taylor, who will play out at wide receiver. Taylor, two catches on the year. He will line up on the left side as the offensive line hustles to the line for Wyoming. Empty backfield this time for Prater. Looks to the sideline for his adjustment. Play clock's down to five. Prater's going to have to hurt, hustle here. Wyoming may have to spend a timeout. Play clock down to one, and they just do get it off instead. Prater going to try and bounce left. Evan Prater has a first down across the 40 and out to the 45-yard line. That was so late in getting developed there. Prater nearly got popped for a delay of game. Instead, he turns it into a first down run for Wyoming. Charlie Simmerow with the tackle. Simmerow will also see some time on the offensive side at tailback. So Wyoming sets up from its own 45-yard line, 6.15 to go in the first quarter. And the first time in the game, either side's been able to move the ball. Indian Hill once again packs eight in the box as Pagan goes in motion. He'll take it on the sweep. Pagan trying to cut back into the middle and nowhere to go. Nice job by the Braves defense to clog it up inside. He may have gotten one. That's just the 13th carry of the season for Pagan. One of the team's leaders in receiving yardage with 5.06 will occasionally tote it. So they do give Pagan credit for a yard, moving it to the Wyoming 46 as we go under six minutes to go in the first quarter. Brader will have C.J. Hester in the backfield this time. Good-looking freshman Hester is. Listed at 5'7 and 150 pounds. It looks look he's bulked up a bit since the weigh-in back in August. Prater will throw on this play. Wants a shot down the left sideline. It is caught in a dazzling throw and a dazzling catch from Juke Mitchell. And a gain into Indian Hill territory at the 37-yard line. Prater dropped that in right over the top of the corner in front of the safety, and Mitchell brings it down. Mitchell's 33rd catch of the year. He leads the team in yardage approaching 700. That's the type of throw. You can see why with a throw like that, why Evan Prater is a Division I quarterback. From the 37, O'Gara goes in motion from left to right on the line to really give Wyoming an extra blocker up front. Prater on the quarterback draw, up the middle, across the 35, spins his way to the 33-yard line for a gain of four. 440 to go in the first quarter. Wyoming on the move. The winner of this 
game advances to next week's regional championship to take on the winner of Valley View and Roger Bacon, who are just getting underway themselves. Game of four for Crater, it's second down and six. Crater very patient on the sideline. Now works his way in towards to make that adjustment. Prater, two wide receivers. Snap goes over Prater's head. He'll he'll eventually pick it up and slides down back at his own 49-yard line. Disastrous sequence for the Cowboys there as the ball went airmailed over the top of Prater. He eventually eats it back at the 49 of Wyoming. It's an 18-yard loss, turning second and six into third and 24. Just a poor snap from the center. Coben Wellman went right over the top of Prater's head. And that is hard to do with Prater at six foot five. Play clock down to five. Prater still looking at the line. Play clock down to one, and he just gets it off. Prater has time. Down the seam, that ball is caught by Mitchell. It'll be a first down at the Wyoming 26-yard line. Just throw it up and let Mitchell go get it as he outjumped the defensive back, Charlie DeGenero, to pull it down. They needed 24, they got 25. That was just a straight jump ball, and Mitchell won the battle. Well, that's a killer, potentially, for Indian Hill. You get the break on the bad snap, and you give up third and 24. And now the Cowboys set up for the Indian Hill 26. Bunch formation to the right. Mitchell out all alone to the left. Pagan in motion. They'll fake the handoff there. Prater moving forward. Gets one to the 25. Would not be surprised if Wyoming comes back to that look with Jute Mitchell out wide against Amari Whitehead one-on-one. -on -one. And a quick update from Roger Bacon and Valley View. Roger Bacon leading early, six to nothing over Valley View. Uh, five minutes into that game. Once more, the winner of this game here between Wyoming and Indian Hill would take on the winner of Roger Bacon and Valley View next Saturday night. Raider breaks the huddle with eight on the play clock, 2.10 to go in the quarter. Two receivers to the right. Pagan coming in motion to the right. Prater's going to tuck it and run, and he's going nowhere in a hurry. He is buried in the backfield at the 30-yard line as Will Kleekamp got inside and beat Sam Martin back to Evan Prater for the loss. A loss of five that time for Prater. It'll be third down and 14 for the Cowboys. Kleekamp off to a really nice start for Indian Hill. Really good-looking junior linebacker. Six foot, 250 pounds, mobile. Obviously strong to bring, bring down Prater the way he has on multiple occasions already. Another third and long situation for the Cowboys on this drive. Prater, mid roll out to the right, steps in, sidearm sling and airmails Pagan on the sideline. It is incomplete. Almost looked like Brett Favre the way he slung that sidearm trying to get it out to Pagan. It is fourth down and 14 from the 30-yard line. A field goal from here would be about a 48-yard try. And out of the probably out of the range of A.J. Washenko, who has a long on the season of just 32. So really 
no other choice for Wyoming but to go for it here. They will go five wide receivers as Prater looks to the sideline for his adjustment. Play clock down to eight. Prater still checking up front. Down to five. Boy, Wyoming really threads the needle here on the play clock. Down to one. Just gets it off. Pressure coming. Prater scrambling, throwing it over the middle. It's incomplete, and Wyoming turns it over on downs. The Braves sent the house, and it was too much for the Cowboys' front, and Indian Hills' defense holds after a promising start to the drive for the Cowboys. Just not much that Prater could do as they had sent six on the rush. And Prater just trying to make something happen. There was just no way it was going to happen. Tony Arcuri, the head coach of Indian Hill, deciding not to play coverage on fourth down and let Evan Prater try and pick apart his defense. And it was the right decision. 1.15 to go in the first. We are still scoreless, and now Indian Hill with the ball back. Lopez will go from the gun, two receivers to his right. One going to the right is Schneider. Bad snap again. Lopez will pick it up back at his own 20, and a whole host of players coming after him. He's going sideline, and a bad decision there by Lopez as he tried going to his own sideline and wound up losing five more yards as a result. So both team centers having issues with the snaps. It turns into a loss of 15 on first down. Under a minute to go in the first, and Indian Hill will now face second and 25 from its own 15-yard line. Not sure if it's the cold or what have you, but both centers having trouble right now getting the ball back to their respective signal callers. Trips left, one to the right for Lopez. He will keep it himself on the read option, trying to get out wide. Not much doing there. May have gotten a yard as Nathan Gleason brings him down. Gleason's 23rd tackle on the season. They'll spot him forward for a gain of two. It'll still make it third down and 23 on what, what was likely the last play of the first quarter. This first quarter flew by, both teams primarily keeping it on the ground, but the defenses have held strong. We are through the end of one of this spectacular rivalry. Wyoming and Indian Hill are scoreless as we head to the second here on WyomingAthletics.org and ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. This is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. Second quarter about to begin. We are scoreless here at Pat Mancuso Field, the campus of Princeton High School. Two CHL powerhouses doing battle in this regional semifinal, and thus far the defenses have dictated the pace. Indian Hill will begin the second quarter in a very, very porous scenario, third and 23 from its own 17-yard line. Lopez will line up in the gun. He will have Duke Weiler to his left. Receiver goes to motion from right to left. That is Snyder. Lopez, design rollout to the left. Wants to th throw it out into the flat. He has Snyder, but he steps out 
at the 19-yard line, just a gain of one, and Indian Hill will punt. Not much doing there. Good coverage by the Cowboys, and Indian Hill will be forced to punt it away once more. It'll send Luke Lundberg on his first punt. Hurt by the fact the ball went into the end zone for a touchback, killed his net average. He will, won't have to worry about that this time. He's standing inside his own 10-yard line for Wyoming. Will Schuler and Brennan Pagan standing back on their own 40. Good kick. And Schuler will retreat to his own 38 and try and work his way into the middle. Now going towards the left side, trying to string him out. And a good open field tackle on the play by Mark Bennett. Bennett goes just 5'8", a buck 40, and he slung Schuler down to the turf. Schuler going 6'3", 190 before Schuler could turn, turn the edge and get upfield. Nevertheless, it's still good field position for Wyoming at its own 45-yard line in the early seconds of the second quarter. You wonder if Wyoming will try and get Evan Prater a little on the move here in the second. Right now, the edge up front in the trenches, I would say, has gone to Indian Hill. From the left hash, Prater will have C.J. Hester in the backfield. One receiver to the left, that's Cooper Kadish, and two receivers out to the right. Hester in the up front, cut down right at the line by Alex Lindbergh. Maybe even lost a half yard, did Hester. Lindbergh, the defensive star a week ago in Indian Hill, 61-32, went over Kenton, had three picks in the game, ran two of them back for touchdowns. It'll be second down and roughly 10 and a half as Hester was cut down by Lindbergh. Play clock down to 10. Wyoming's offensive line just getting set. Hester remains in the game. O'Gara up on the line, shifts from right to left. Prater, right side. O'Gara shifts over to try and block for him. Prater trying to push the pile. It's not doing. Right now, Indian Hill is owning the front of Wyoming. Prater falls forward for a gain of two to the 46, but just no holes to be had. And right now, Indian Hill winning the leverage game. It'll be third down and nine. Charlie DeGenero on the for the Braves. in on the stop and really led a whole host of Braves in to bring Prater down. This Indian Hill front, much more stout than they were two weeks ago against Devin Prater when Prater went for over 300 on the ground. He has struggled thus far to get going. Indian Hill showing pressure on third and nine, and here they come. Prater one-on-one -on -one with the defender, and Prater is going to try and throw it forward and incomplete. He was pressured in the backfield by Charlie Samaro and really just bought some time to try and get it over the line of scrimmage, the football, I mean, and it's incomplete. And Wyoming goes three and out in spite of terrific field position. A.J. Washenko will come on to punt it away. Trey Lopez will go back to field for Indian Hill. Lopez back for the Braves. South Florida leading... Evan Prater's future home, the Cincinnati Bearcats, 7-0 midway through the first quarter down in Tampa. Washenko off the side of his foot, not a good punt. And Lopez, a dangerous play to come up field, and he's got to return down the left sideline. Trey Lopez into Wyoming territory, cutting into the middle. Lopez up the right sideline, needing one more block. May get it. Lopez, 10-5, touchdown, Indian Hill. 
An incredibly dangerous play from Lopez, fielding it off the hop with three Cowboys around him, and he winds up taking it 70 yards for the touchdown. And Indian Hill has drawn first blood. He made something out of what seemed like absolutely nothing. Up the left sideline, then cut it back over to the right. Good credit to Ethan James, who came out to give Lopez the final block he needed inside the 10-yard line to put the ball into the end zone. Luke Lundberg will come on for the extra point. He's only missed two all year. High snap, able to be handled by Alex Lindbergh. The extra point is up and good. Trey Lopez showing, much like Evan Prater, he can do it in all facets as well. A 70-yard punt return for a touchdown. 9.42 to go in the second quarter. Indian Hill 7, Wyoming nothing. Here on ESP Media, powered by Sider Sports. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people, people who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy, but at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. trying to get it done on special teams and Trey Lopez strikes goal with a 70 yard punt return puts Indian Hill on the board first here tonight for a 7-0 lead over Wyoming with 9.42 to play in the second quarter other action Roger Bacon has moved back ahead of Valley View late in the first quarter Roger Bacon leading Valley View 14 to seven after Valley View had a brief seven to six lead. The winner of this game takes on the winner of Roger Bacon and Valley View next Saturday night. Here Lundberg, not too far off the ball, expecting a short pooch kick and he will send it sky high. It will be fair caught at the 29 yard line by Nathan Gleason. So Indian Hill choosing not to allow Pagan or C.J. Hester for a return for the Cowboys. Instead, they will pin Wyoming inside its own 30 on the high short kick and rely on its defense, Indian Hill, which has been very, very good thus far in this one. 9.40 to go in the first half. Wyoming with the ball back, trailing 7 to nothing. Wyoming's most successful offense thus far has been a couple of nice catches from Juke Mitchell. We'll see if Evan Prater looks his way. It will be bunched formation to the right. Mitchell all alone to the left. There is no safety help over the top. Mitchell will be jammed at the line by Amari Whitehead on the near side. Well, if Mitchell could break free of Whitehead, there is no help behind him. Prater will roll out to the right this time. Lob it over the middle. O'Gara has the catch across midfield in Indian Hill territory at the 45-yard line. The 11th catch of the season for Camden O'Gara, who's Heavy, his heavy work's been on defense all year, but this one a nice throw, and O'Gara brings it in for the nice game. Gain a 26 on the play. And Prater, maybe he has to get it done through the air tonight. He didn't have to do that 
a couple of weeks ago. But maybe that's the case tonight. It'll have to be Prater's arm that wins it. Indian Hill is packing eight in the box virtually every play. Prater on the counter, going to have to Thomas. Trying to move forward, and he is cut down before he can get to the second level for a minimal gain brought down on the play by Zach Osterhuis. Ball spot at the 43-yard line. Gain of a couple that time for Thomas. Second down and eight. On this play, Jared Hancock will check out. Coming in is Sam Taylor. He will line up on the slot to the right side. Three receivers to the right. Juke Mitchell once again to the left. One-on-one -on -one with Amari Whitehead. Prater looks to the sideline for an adjustment now that the Indian Hill defense is set. Really a 3-3-5 look defensively for the Braves, and here they come with the pressure. Prater keeping it on the read option, nowhere to go. They are keying on him all night long thus far, and Prater falls forward for just a gain of one to the 42. Right now, Indian Hill seems like they've learned their lesson from a couple of weeks ago. They're not going to let Prater win this game with his legs. Third and seven. Prater will once again three to the right. Juke Mitchell to the left. Bo Thomas in the backfield to Prater's left. Prater throw all the way. Going to the right side. Bullet pass is caught at the 30-yard line by Cooper Kadish. His eighth catch of the season. It'll be a first down for the Cowboys. Cooper Kadish, nice catch there. Came into today, seven catches for 142 and two scores. Also does quite a bit of work on the defensive side. He has 28 tackles on the season coming in today. First down, Cowboys. Trips left. Kadish to the right. Prater, design quarterback draw the whole way. Just lowers his head, pushes the pile across the 25 to the 24-yard line for a gain of six. 7.25 remaining on the clock, and Wyoming for the second time tonight on the move. Can they break through this time against the Braves? Two receivers on either side. They'll stack up on either side of Prater. Bo Thomas once again in the backfield. Plenty of time on the play clock. With 15, Prater looks to the sideline for an adjustment. You've got three defensive linemen and three linebackers in the box. Wyoming is everybody else split out wide. We'll see if Prater takes advantage on the run. Thomas will get it on the run. He was stacked up inside and nowhere to go. No gain on the play for Thomas, making it third down and four. Osterhus, another tackle for the Braves. He and Kleekamp have been spectacular thus far. Camden O'Gara will check in on this third down and four play. And I have to think this will be two down territory for the Cowboys from this juncture. If nothing gained on this play, you'd be looking at a 41-yard field goal try. And as I mentioned earlier, the longest of the season for Washenko is 32. He's only tried two field goals on the year, connecting on one. Indian Hill loads the box, eight in it. Pagan goes in motion from left to right. Prater fakes the sweep. Now working his way at the middle. He is banged off of one man and breaks the tackle to get to the 15-yard line. Kleekamp went for the knockout blow of Evan Prater instead of wrapping up, and Prater just bounced off of him and went forward to the 15-yard line. Prater on this drive, much more north-south in his running efforts as opposed to side-to-side, -side, which got him in trouble in the first quarter. 
Wyoming lines up. Kadish solo out to the right, but before that happens, Indian Hill has chosen to spend a timeout. 5.38 to go in the second quarter. Wyoming on the move, trailing Indian Hill 7-0 here at wyomingathletics.org and ESP Media, powered by Sidearc Sports. Abco Pavement Services, LLC, has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the tri-state area. Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, C.B. Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services. Second round of the 2019 OHSA football playoffs in Division IV. Indian Hill leading Wyoming 7-0 on the legs of Trey Lopez of Indian Hill. A 70-yard punt return that broke the scoring, but Wyoming knocking on the doorstep. They have the ball first and 10 on the Indian Hill 15-yard line. After Indian Hill spends a timeout, Evan Prater back on the field. He will have three receivers to his right. Kadish out to the, excuse me, three receivers to the left. Kadish out to the right. Bo Thomas in the backfield to the right of Prater. Six in the box this time for Indian Hill. Wyoming choosing to spread him out. They'll hand it off to Thomas, trying to go left side. Bo Thomas inside the 10 and down near the eight-yard line. Not a bad idea here for Wyoming. The way Indian Hill's been packing the box thus far in the first half, spread things out, move some guys away from the box to get yourself more room to operate on the ground. From the left hash, they'll spot the ball at the nine, second and four. Mitchell one-on-one on the near side, a bunch formation out to the right side. Out to the right, Taylor, Pagan, and Kadish. Mitchell's in tight towards the left side of the offensive line. Wonder if Prater might look there for the lob. Prater instead is going to hand to Thomas right side, and he is cut down at the 10-yard line. A spectacular tackle by Alex Lindbergh, who came down from his safety spot and a picture-perfect way to bring Bo Thomas down for no gain. Third and four. What will Coach Hancock do if they don't convert here? Will he trot out Washenko for a field goal try, or does he keep his star, Evan Prater, on the field? Ideally, Cowboys fans won't have to worry about a fourth down decision. From the middle of the field, Prater will have an empty backfield on third and four. Rolling to the right, Prater looking, looking, will tuck it this time. He is smacked hard, short of the line to gain. It looks like they will spot him at the seven-yard line. Hard to tell from our vantage point. It was across far away. At about the seven, it's where they will spot on the right hash. It'll be fourth down and two. Prater looked like he hit an avenue for the five-yard line, and three black helmets just came and walloped him at the seven. 3.40 to go in the half, and Coach Hancock is keeping the offense on the field. 20 on the play clock, and Prater just now getting the signals in. And, in fact, Wyoming is going to spend a timeout before this fourth down play, and a big one it will be on the other side of the break. 3.25 to go, fourth down and two for Wyoming. They need to get to the Indian Hill five-yard line. 
keep the drive alive. We'll see if they can next here on ESP Media, powered by Southern Sports. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010. Reminder to all you fans out there, the chocolate milk, the official drink of the OHSAA. So, need that cool, quenching thirst? Grab some chocolate milk, the official drink sponsor of the OHSAA. Fourth and two from the seven-yard line for Wyoming. They will keep the offense on the field out of the timeout. Prater will go from the right hash. He will have Pagan in the backfield and a heavy front. Wyoming sends O'Gara to the left. Prater will keep it himself all the way. Evan Prater inside the five should have the first down. Fell forward at the last moment, and I think they may even give him the four-yard line, but it is enough for a Cowboys first down. No surprise on the play call. Just put it in the hands of your All-American and let him go to work. Needed two, got three. 3.15 to go in the first half, and Wyoming is four yards away from the potential tie. Bo Thomas checks back in now on first and goal. Gets a signal and now moves forward. Play clock already under 10. Pistol formation in the backfield. Prater sees the play clock down to two. And Bo Thomas up the middle trying to cut left. May have gotten near the two yard line. Zach Oster, who's with the tackle for the Braves. Gang tackle on the play as he was, Thomas was trying to follow his right guard on the play. And they'll spot it just outside the two-yard line. 2.25 remaining in the first half, and Wyoming looking for the tying score. This is a first half that has gone by at a lightning pace. Both teams primarily keeping the ball on the ground. Prater from the gun has Pagan to his left in the backfield. O'Gara in as a lead blocker. Prater trying to go left and slipped as he tried to cut back into the middle and lost a little bit of yardage back near the five-yard line. Pagan couldn't get out to the man to take care of on the outside and forced Prater back into the middle. And when he planted that left foot, he slipped and thus fell short of where he needed to be. The ball will be on the left half just outside the four-yard line. It will be third and goal with 1.45 to play in the first half. 7 to nothing. Indian Hill leads thanks to a punt return from Trey Lopez. Prater gets a signal, moves forward. Two receivers will split out wide to the right. Juke Mitchell in tight on the left. Pagan in the pistol behind Prater. Prater's going to roll out to the right, throw back to the left. Pagan's out there and will be short of the line to gain. They had the play drawn up perfectly. And a one-on-one situation. Pagan had a lead blocker. Out there was Harrison Shepard and Charlie DeGenero, the safety, just tossed Shepard to the side and brought Pagan down at the two-yard line. That play was there, should have been in the end zone. Shepard could not make the block on DeGenero, 
As a result, it is fourth and goal from the two-yard line with under a minute to play in the half. Prater still taking his time. Play clock's already down to eight. And he's just now breaking the huddle down to five. It's fourth and goal. 40 seconds to go. Prater alone in the backfield. And Wyoming has to spend a timeout. Prater was going to end up taking a delay a game had the timeout not been called from the sideline. 37 seconds remaining in the half. And Wyoming has to put the ball into the end zone or else they turn it over on downs once more to Indian Hill right before the half. And remember, Indian Hill deferred the toss, so the Braves will receive the ball to start the second half. Will Wyoming just have Prater tuck it and go? What will they come up with? The play call before on the throwback to Pagan was absolutely the right call. Charlie DeGenero, the safety for Indian Hill, just made a spectacular play to discard Harrison Shepard, the offensive lineman for Wyoming, and brought Pagan down at the two. And keep that in mind going forward. How critical was that play? Will it even matter on this fourth down play? We're about to find out. If Indian Hill holds, Charlie DeGenero is a big reason why. It will be from the left hash on the two-yard line, 37 seconds remaining in the half. Wyoming must put the ball in the end zone. The Cowboys walk out onto the field. They will have one wide receiver out wide. That is Kadish. Mitchell to the left. Pagan and Prater in the backfield. Taylor comes in late to the right. Fourth and goal. Prater, roll out to the right, trying to run it the entire way. Now we'll throw to the last second. That is caught out the back of the end zone for the touchdown by Cooper Kadish. His third touchdown of the year. He was straddling that back line, but was able to get the foot down. And Prater at the last second brought it up to toss it over to Kadish for the score. A.J. Washenko will come on for the extra point. He's 50 out of 52 on the season, and Wyoming converts when they absolutely had to. Washenko's extra point, up and good. So Evan Prater, his 21st touchdown of the season, third to Cooper Kadish with 30 seconds to play in the first half. Wyoming and Indian Hill tied at seven here at wyomingathletics.org. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today. Evan Prater to Cooper Kadish on fourth and goal from two yards out. Connects, and we are tied at seven with 30 seconds to play in the first half. Wyoming will now kick off from the left hash. Trey Lopez and Amari Whitehead will await the kick of Washenko. Lopez had the punt return for a touchdown earlier. Will either get a chance to return this kick? Washenko, the squibber up the middle, and Whitehead will take the bounce at the 15-yard line. 
Whitehead going left and will be met at the 30-yard line by Nathan Gleason and will go no further. So Indian Hill, if it chooses to try and move forward, will have two timeouts and 24 seconds to work with. They do have a good kicker in Luke Lundberg. Hit a season-long 48-yarder last week in the win over Kenton should they choose to press the issue. Lopez will go from the gun. We'll have Duke Weiler to his right. In tight are the Braves, and Lopez will throw to the left side. It is caught on the far sideline by Luke Hammond. Hammond got out of bounds at the 37-yard line. Pick up a seven on the play. Second and three with 19 seconds to play. Indian Hill will have to pick up more yardage than that going forward if they want to get into scoring range with the time limited. Lopez with Wilder to his white right. Three wide receivers. Lopez designed rollout to the right. Looking out to the right. Nothing there initially. And a low pass is incomplete as he was trying to get it to Mark Bennett, who was sliding down to the turf. It'll be third down with 13 seconds to play. It will be third down and three. Lopez looking to the sideline for the play call here. Will Indian Hill try it or will they just be content going into the locker room tied at seven? We'll find out here in a matter of seconds. Lopez high snap through his hands. He's able to fall back on it on his own 26 yard line. Another issue with a snap as a timeout on the field has been spent by Wyoming. Wyoming will spend its final timeout with six seconds to play. Indian Hill will punt on the other side of this timeout. I'd have to think if you're Wyoming and spending this timeout, that Coach Hancock will try and apply some pressure and see if he can get a block on this punt. He also has a couple of good return men in Pagan and Schuler. Will either one of those guys get a chance? But you don't know unless you try, and that's what Coach Hancock has decided here with six seconds to play in the half and what has been a very tightly contested defensive struggle thus far. Wyoming had to convert multiple third downs on the touchdown drive and also, of course, the fourth and goal. Lundberg will be on to punt for Indian Hill. He will stand back inside his own 15-yard line. Pagan will be the lone return man for the Cowboys, he will stand back at his own 30. Things still getting organized out of the timeout. And now they've added a couple of seconds. So now the clock shows eight seconds on the clock. And pressure coming up the middle, and Lundberg is able to get it away. Low line drive down the left sideline, and the ball continues to roll, and so does the clock. In fact, the clock will expire as the ball is tapped at the 29-yard line. So. Wyoming unable to do anything with the punt block in that situation, but nevertheless, they get a score when they had to as Evan Prater finds Cooper Kadish on fourth and goal from the two in the waning seconds of the first half for the tying score after a Trey Lopez punt return for Indian Hill. We are at halftime in this regional semifinal. Indian Hill 7, Wyoming 7 here on wyomingathletics.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. 
Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. of the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback from Reading, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame. He is, of course, the quarterback whisperer, one Tony Pike. Um, we're going to talk some NFL in segment one and the Bengals. Um, segment two, we'll talk college football, where Ohio State continues to look like the most dominant team in the country with Chase Young or without Chase Young, although that may change down the road. They are going to need him yes. back. Um, we'll talk obviously some UC in there and my beloved Kentucky Wildcats who found a way to crap their pants and lose a, lose a game they shouldn't have lost. Mm. And of course, in segment three, we'll talk high school football as we've now moved into round two of the playoffs and now the matchups are starting to get really really juicy. Yes, indeed. We got them across the board. Let's start NFL and Bengals though. Mm. What's the worst team you ever played on? Did you ever play on like a team Pee Wee wise that was bad? I mean, well, Carolina when I was there, we that's were a bad. good point. Yeah, that was okay. Let's start there. Now, some of that was quarterback related. Not not a knock yeah. on you, but it kind of trickled down and um, had a bunch of injuries and all that stuff. How hard was that season to get through? And and when you looked around the locker room, did you always believe guys were pulling together, or could you see guys start to pull apart? No, it was a locker room that was pulling apart. And it was a, it was a little bit different situation because it was a coach in his last year. Yeah, so. John Fox, the rest of the staff, it wasn't like there was extra meetings going on. It wasn't like there were... They were cashing it early. Yes, they yeah. were in Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, they were in the, the Tommy back, Tuberville back, mode. Back nine mode. And for a lot of the coaches, it was, where am I going to coach at next right, year? Right, I get it. Trying that, to figure out their that's, job. That stuff's so, real. Uh, but no, it, you know, the little stuff of, you know, when the season starts, guys are hanging out in the locker room after practice and after games and this and that. And when you start to stumble, guys are out of there quick. There's no hanging out after. There's no... Let's get together. It was a, a ghost town after most games and most practices, and I think that it, it just gradually crept itself in as the season got worse and worse and worse. How hard was that for you personally? Because no offense, you weren't like one of the top right. dogs on the roster. You're trying to cling to your own roster spot yep. and all that. How hard was that for you, though? It's hard because you don't know who to follow, and you don't know you know what side to cling to because there's guys in the locker room that can be good for a team and there's guys in the locker room that can be bad for a team and there's guys that don't care and there's guys that care a ton and you got to kind of push yourself into a, a small group and I was lucky enough you know that even with injuries we had Matt Moore who still you saw what he did with the yeah. Chiefs this yeah. year um, was a really good leader in the quarterback room but I mean you had other position groups and you had I mean we'd be in position meetings and you'd see people leaving the facility you know, two, three hours before our meetings were getting done. So, uh, you know, the, the time wasn't being put in. And and that's not to say that people didn't try on Sunday, but. But but, but, but I would guess it was tried to a point, though, right? right? I but mean, yeah, it's not, I mean, look, and, there's, there's a sweep that went away from me, and I'm the backside corner. Yeah, I'm not Am not gonna I going to really sprint down. down on that side? I'm not going to chase it down, or I'm a little banged up. Could you up. see that on film? Yeah. Could you clearly see oh, yeah. 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 I'm a little banged up, or I got banged up. Maybe I'm not going to go in the second half. 
maybe I'm not going to go in the game uh, because I am a little sore. I'm, I'm hurt, and we're not playing for anything at this point. So, you know, there, there's different incentives and there's bonuses for each player in their contract. But uh, that season, it was it was a, a pretty bad taste. All right, so that's where we are with the Bengals. And I think there's the, the difference probably for Carolina, there was a bit of a culture of winning. It obviously isn't a franchise that's been around for a long time, since 95. But they, to the credit of that franchise, it quickly built a culture of winning. And yeah. there's been pockets of not success. But for the most part, that's been a pretty, I think in, in my mind, it's been a pretty successful franchise. This is not. I mean, right. you had the pockets of the playoffs, but for the most part, we lived through, I lived through the 90s. A lot of fans lived through the 90s. And it feels like you're right back to that point. And when you when you were in that the first time through, they were coming off the 80s where you right. went to the Super Bowl twice and you went to the playoffs a couple other times and you had a playoff win in, you know, the year after, two years after the Super Bowl, you had a playoff win. So you had that to look back on, right, and go... Okay, yeah, 93, boy, this sucks, but hey, we're only five years removed from a Super Bowl team, and they'll right. get back there again. And then it continued, and then it continued, and then yeah, they had a little pocket of success. And now it feels like you're right back yeah. to there where you look and you go, I've lived through this once. It took a long time to even come close to digging. It took a decade plus to dig out of that. Right. Do I want to go through that again? I mean, I don't want to look up and be 70 years old, to be honest with you, and go, I've just lived through this twice in my right. lifetime. And, and I think that's the frustrating part if you're a fan is it if you live through that 90s, you can see this is it maybe even worse. Right. And there's it wasn't like a two year they dug out. of It was a 12, 13 year period before they dug out of it. Yeah. Well, the, the problem with all of this and, and Carolina was different because at the end of the year, you could be motivated as a player because, you know, OK, there's a new staff. New coming staff in. Yeah. I got to start impressing somebody right now. But the Bengals is going the opposite. They have their coach. Doc Taylor's not going to get fired nope. this year. No. So you already know what's coming back. So you have all these different aspects coming in. And now, you know, I thought going into the bye at 0-8 was rock bottom. I did too. And I left Paul Brown Stadium Sunday, and I thought, well, this is now rock bottom. And we may not have hit. We right. May, rock bottom now would be you lose to the Jets, and then you lose to the Dolphins, and then you wind up going 0-16. Right. I guess that's the rock bottom. Well, the, the demoralizing side for me is – for so long, and, and this, this goes back to this recent one. I was coming out of the draft. Shotgun, well, you're a shotgun quarterback. You can't play in the NFL. you got to be an under center. Look how much just from that time to now the, the game of football it's has evolved. It's a decade. Evolved. It's only a decade. Right. In a decade, we had now have almost exclusively shotgun. We have a quarterback Sunday that ran the option. With another quarterback. To another quarterback. They ran read option. I mean, offenses are changing so fast right now. Because of the Patrick Mahomes and the Deshaun Watson and the Russell Wilson and now Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers and all these players. And the, the, the scary thing is, for being a Cincinnati Bengal fan, is that I'm watching all these other teams do stuff and I'm watching the Bengals like, on, like the hamster wheel just run in but, place. But, and now you're thinking, okay, we're the worst team in the league and everyone else is separating from us because they have the understanding that they have to change stuff. And no one in that building for Cincinnati wants to change anything. No, and, and and I think that that's the part. We've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast of that's the, the thing as a fan. You don't have – there's nothing to cling to. The thing you cling to after last year was Marvin's gone, new coaches come in. Yeah. Right? I cling to that for a little bit. I bought into that for a little bit, and I don't have that to cling to anymore. Now it's, oh, they might have the first pick in the draft. Yeah. And, and the sad part is it feels like no matter how they go, 
whether it's Joe Burrow or Tua, and whatever camp you're in, it's going to go. It feels like it's going to go. No matter how this shakes down, right, it's going to go, go wrong. Bad. It's going to go wrong, and that's a terrible place to be. But this is where I feel like I've lived through this. I lived through them in in '99, third pick in the draft. Yep. Top two quarterbacks gone. Well, we got to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints are offering you the moon. They're offering you their entire draft for that pick. Yep. For that pick, so you chose. Not only did you choose the quarterback and, and bypass that, you chose completely the wrong, right. arguably one of the worst yep. quarterbacks in NFL history. Go look up his numbers, Achilles Smith. They yep. were awful. He was awful. They didn't do their due diligence. He didn't know how to read a defense. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to study his playbook. He didn't want to do anything other than take the money and run. That's where this organization feels like it constantly lacks of not doing your own. Cordy Glenn. Yep. Didn't do your homework. You didn't do your due diligence. You didn't talk to enough people who would tell you, hey, he's a lazy piece of crap who doesn't want to play football and doesn't really care to play football. Yep. You didn't do your due diligence. And that's why I've lost – I've never really had faith in this organization. I've lost all faith. I have yep. not on any of them. Not, not Duke Tobin. Yep. I think you're a clown. I, I, yep. I, I do. I, prove me otherwise. Prove to me otherwise right. that you've done something successful other than maybe be a part of some drafts that Marvin Lewis successfully picked. Right. What else have you done? Yeah, because you've been the guy. Like Marvin, you, you're the one who told me at the combine last year. Well, we like our young linebackers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. they're really good. The the guy that has so much control that Marvin, ten plus years in, didn't even have say over drafting John Ross or not. Right. So, someone has to be held accountable, and that's the problem now. There's no accountability. Is the accountability, and it's not there. And it trickles. That's where we're trickling down right. now, down to AJ Green. Yep. It goes all the way. Look, down. if I'm if I'm Zach Taylor. And I know he's between a rock and a hard place with A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. I'm almost at a stage where if I don't believe, and again, you're, you're dealing with some things here with injuries. You can only say so much. But I'm going to simply say, listen, I think the guy's healthy. I don't know why the hell he's not out there. In my opinion, he's healthy. I've watched him move around. Yep. I think he should be out there. Instead, I watch, it's, him, I watch him his pregame videos. Day-to-day. Looks like he's a, he's a thousand percent. He's day-to-day. Yeah. He's day-to-day. Look, I'm, I've always said this about Coach, go down swinging. I don't need you to roll guys under the bus, but if yep. a guy needs to have the bus rolled over him, yep. roll it. Yep. Roll it. Well, the problem with this whole hiring came in, and, and I think we talked about this, and I've talked about it on Cincy 360. When you hired Zach Taylor, one, you didn't surround him with anything. Nope. Coaching-wise. Two, the roster was terrible. And three, my biggest concern with Zach Taylor, being a young coach that doesn't have the head coaching experience, what happens when things go bad? And they've gone worse than right. bad. Like not not, not a, starting four and four. What happens when you are now zero and nine? Your and best, you are losing control of the locker room. Yes, that is my question about Zach Taylor. Not if he can figure out this, if he can handle this. What happens now when you're going into a locker room with guys that are older, the same age as you, a little younger than you, and you're trying to motivate them? They're like, ah, eh, nope. Dude, he's not lost, doing he, it. He's lost Andy Dalton. Right. I mean, think about that for a minute. Andy Dalton's probably the consummate Andy team ran guy. The scout team. Yeah. For Lamar Jackson, like, but no. Zach Taylor, the question is now, what do you do? Because the the team has not done anything around him. He's almost on an island right now. Mm-hmm. And you look at the bye week. What was everybody saying? Well, you know what? Credit Zach Taylor. He's kept that locker room together. Yeah. Well, now what happens when it starts to fall apart? Because now a a Cordy Glenn situation, and now an AJ a Green. AJ Green situation, and 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 again, this starts with the organization. Because you mentioned the Marvin Lewis, and and Mo uses this all the time. Marvin Lewis became a meat shield. Yes, Zach Taylor, 
this offseason, when this team should have been addressing roster issues, no, became a meat shield. They, because, they thought that, hey, this guy's from the right, right hand of God, Sean McVay. Yes. Look at, I, got, I had some of the organization that was mad about a column I wrote that, that said, I think the guy skipped the pay grade. I'll withhold judgment. Yeah. He said, look, we just got the hot, guy off the hottest staff in, in the NFL. Right. Hey, you're an idiot. But what that, the, that means nothing yeah. to me. But what the organization did is they, they put out the shiny Zach Taylor object and they expected everyone to just ignore that they didn't do anything. And the fans didn't. The fans, right. the fans went, I'm going to withhold judgment. And then they tried it again. This whole, this whole season now, Zach Taylor's been thrown out there to make all the announcements. Mm-hmm. Cordy Glenn, A.J. Green, well, look at Zach Taylor. They put, and in the then, face, they put in the face of the team commercials, right? Yes. And then what happened? Then it's like, oh, oh, oh boy, the, the deadline's coming up. What, what do we do? Andy Dalton, meat shield. Yes. Oh, look at Andy Dalton. We're not making any moves, but Andy Dalton, we're, we're benching our we're, quarterback. We're giving you fans what you wanted. Yeah. And now what is it? Now a, a rookie fourth-round quarterback is now the meat shield. Hey, Ryan Finley, look at Ryan Finley. We're 0-9, but, but all these problems. Like, they, they, the organization has literally got by by pushing other people yes. to the front and, and saying, hey. Any common sense sees that, yes. though, Tony. Yes. It's like, hey, look at this. Take this. But I think for years they've been able to get away with that because of the Marvin Lewis tenure. It's like, oh, Marvin, 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 Marvin. And now they're just like, oh, okay, we'll just use Zach Taylor now. We'll use Andy Dalton. And now it's not working. And now you're getting worse. And now the questions aren't on the head coach, the personnel. The questions are on the front office. Because say what you want, around the league, people get it. Like someone in that Ravens war room in the 2018 draft stood up and said, get Lamar. Go get. Might have been John Harbaugh. Might have been. Go get Lamar. And not only did someone listen. Might have been the GM. But they built their whole team around Lamar. Went and got three tight ends. Within a year. Went and got Mark Ingram. Go and make and get Earl Thomas and Marcus Peters. I watch other teams around the league. Someone for get the Hollywood Texans. Brown. What Hollywood, yes. Who caught the long ball in the first right. place of the game? Hollywood Brown. Someone has to stand up in meetings to Andy Reid. Or maybe it's Andy Reid and say, well, I know we have Alex Smith. But. But there's this Mahomes guy. You know why? Because they do it. They're a scouting, and they don't miss on stuff like that. Yes. Man, this, this, I'm telling you, Deshaun Watson is a can't miss. We have to take him before the Texans. Someone is saying that stuff because you look at draft reports and there's plenty of teams that say, uh, no, don't go after him. But someone has the understanding of teams around the NFL, John Lynch and what he's done in San Francisco, uh, what the Seattle Seahawks have done building around Russell Wilson. Someone in those war rooms is smart enough to say, this is the guy. And right now it says that the Bengals do not have that in any way. Yeah, and, and some of it, in fairness, I'll, I'll, I'll use the 15 draft as an example. I thought they were ahead of the curve drafting Cedric Obwehi and Jake Fisher. I did. And so I'm going to give them a mini pass for those two guys not mm-hmm. being successful. But the problem is, it's not just those two guys. Right. It's a multitude of guys. Malik Jefferson. It, 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 P.J. Dunn. It's guy after guy after guy. Mm-hmm. Drew Sample. I mean, Drew right. Sample. That was no our, one projected him as a second round that was pick. Literally, no one. That was literally the can't miss guy. Just sec- wait. Just wait till this year. Wait till you see what he does. Dude, a second round pick needs to not only be a starter, but in theory, needs to probably evolve into being a a Pro Bowl caliber player. Well, the year before they got Jesse Bates, who led the team in tackles, and he's just a guy. Yeah. So I mean, your second round. I've pick- asked you this question before. And I don't even know if you remember the answer to this. Since two thousand and thirteen or two thousand twelve, maybe it's twelve. I'll go 13 off the top of my head. Since 2013, you know how many Bengals that have been drafted in the in the draft since then have made the Pro Bowl? Do you know how many? Zero. One. One. Tyler Eifert made one Pro Bowl. 
I don't need you to have 20 Pro Bowlers, but mm-hmm. can you can you at least hit on, on some home? I mean, Giovanni Bernard was a second-round pick. He's a backup running back. Yep. Okay. And what did you choose to do in this offseason? You chose to extend yep. him. Why? Double because you're down. afraid that Joe Mixon's going to hold out next year. Right. That's really good business practice. Yep. That's really good business practice. Not going to get you beaten anyway. No. Well, it, it, I, it, to me, like, they're, the, the disconnect at every level of this organization has never been more apparent yes. than it is now. And the issue, again, becomes every team in the NFL evolves. And right now, the game's evolving faster than we've ever Dude, seen the it. Seattle Seahawks have reinvented themselves twice in the last six mm-hmm. years. And granted, they've had Russell Wilson to reinvent themselves around. I'll give you that. Yep. But they have literally reinvented themselves twice in the span of six years to now where, arguably, after their win on Monday night over, over, and they've got flaws. I mean, you watch them play, and you can see their flaws. Their flaw is they don't block very well, and the right. poor guy has to make every play under the sun. But they are also 8-2 and two somehow evolving. They've done it twice in the span of six years. Yep. And we've gone back and hit rock bottom here. Well, look at the GMs around the trade deadline. GMs around the NFL quoted to saying they speak a different language. Yeah. Not all the other teams, this team. Why even try and to you know deal with them? Yeah. So what's going to happen? The rest of the league says, see you later. We will just move on and we'll yeah. be successful. And you keep doing what you're doing and being happy that no one goes to the games. And, it, and it's a glorified uh, home game for the away teams at this point. Because Wait till first... you see the Pittsburgh game. Because oh. here's the thing. The secondary ticket market is so depressed yep. because those poor people are just trying to unload with their inventory, right? Yep. That place will be, I mean, is it 70%, 75% Steelers fans yeah. in two well, weeks? Well, you look at what's going to happen. Um the Browns will be a home game for the Browns. Yeah, I don't the know if Patri- their fan base will care enough because they're going to be out of it. The Patriots coming in, probably the last time you'll see Tom Brady yeah. here. Like, th- their, their only home game left may be the Jets. Because the, the first play of the but, Ravens but can game... You, can you imagine, what, what if the Jets day, get day is a day like this? Ugh. With the snow yeah. coming down, 30 Cold. degrees, can you, windy. What would be your reason for going other than you're miserable? Right. <laughs> but, but can you imagine, I mean, the... The, the first play of the game against Baltimore sounded like, I mean, if you're trying to find your seat, you would think that the Bengals did you, just did, did something. Did you go Sunday? I yes. didn't even ask you this. Yes. Okay. You went as, as a fan then, I'm yes. assuming? Okay. I, I never heard, because I was waiting for it, I don't even think the fans had the muster to boo. No. There wasn't. I mean, it's almost like, you know we're what, here. You know get what this I saw over more with. of? I already paid my ticket. I'm good whether, with this. Whether it was in line or whether it was at the seats, I honestly saw more laughing. Yes. I saw like, like fans yeah. look at each other, and they almost laugh and that's their like coping now they just make fun of what's going on on the field like it it's gotten to that point and, and i wanted to i was trying to find it but i wanted to look you mentioned drew sample and the second round pick in last year's draft these guys were taken in the second round will hernandez yep who's starting for the giants at guard nick chubb a oh, good running back he's pretty good um darius leonard playing linebacker for the colts one of the best linebackers going right now um ronald jones big game for the buccaneers like these are all game Cortland Sutton, um, on Johnson, running back for the Lions, Dante Pettis, Christian Kirk. I mean, these are all names in the second round that are having big-time roles with their team. This and, guy caught a three-yard pass, and he yes. came in and blocked a little bit. Zach yes. says he's making good progress, though. That's yes. good to know. That, see, like, that that overall is the problem in itself. Yeah. Like, we now – we have a coach that – I mean, Mo and I joked about it yesterday. Do you do, you do a Gatorade bath? If, if Zach Taylor gets a win this season, I mean, do you even celebrate it at this point? Because you'd almost be hurting yourself. And, and as sad as it is to say, do you want the Bengals to have the number one overall pick? 
No, because my fear is they yes. mess it up. Like I would rather them be two or three, and then you can't mess it up. Yeah, you can, well, you can still mess it up. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but True. at least at least somebody's made a couple of choices for you, right? <laughs> Taking a couple of guys off your plate that you don't have to have to argue about. Right. All right. Let's talk about the NFL very quickly. Um, every week, it seems like lately, a new team evolves, or we've gotten to the point where there's no clear cut team. You know, the Patriots losing yep. to Baltimore. Baltimore feels like it's evolving, but that means Baltimore's probably on the verge of stubbing its toe somewhere along the line. Um, I thought the Saints were probably the best team Man. in the NFC, if, if not the, the NFL, and they get beat at home by Atlanta. Maybe it's going to make for what's going to be a good playoffs. I mean, for a long time, it always seems like it's yeah. the Patriots and who's going to contend with the Patriots. I'm not so sure in both both conferences you're not going to have a really good playoff setting up because I don't think you can predict a whole lot of things. I still think Frisco's really good. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, they weren't going. They're not sixteen and zero good. But I just think I think San Francisco goes as Jimmy G goes, and I don't well, know if he's at that level. The, the, yet. the point for Jimmy G has been made is what happens when you're down twenty one ten. Now, to his credit, he brought him back from twenty one ten. Right? They tied the score, yep. had a chance to win it in the overtime, and, and did not. I, you know, I love Russell, but I don't think I think they've got so many flaws that he he managed to to overcome those over the long haul, but can he do it in the in, in the playoffs? It makes it very, very tough. Yep. Um, you know, Dallas seemed like a team that was evolving. Stubbed their toe at home to Minnesota. Minnesota the week before stubbed its toe at Kansas City without Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City gets Patrick Mahomes back, goes to Tennessee and loses. To Ryan uh, Tannehill. Yeah. I, I, if you did a power ranking today, who who would be your number one team? Would it be, would it be Baltimore? To me right now, it's Baltimore. Yeah. And, I, and I think the, the thing with Baltimore, when people ask me, I equate Baltimore to at the high school level locally here, Colerain, because it's something you never see. It's well, an, it's you, an, and, and you can't say there's nobody you can put in practice right. to simulate so, Lamar. So you can't simulate Baltimore's offense, much like you can't simulate Colerain's triple option when you haven't seen it. You can simulate, you just can't simulate yeah, you just with the can't same simulate dudes. the same dudes. Yeah. So you get to that point, and now the NFL, we're talking NFL practices, and you've seen them. It's not like they're live, hard-hitting no. practices. So you get two days to prepare for Baltimore's offense coming in, three tight ends, running the option, and to Lamar's credit, and we've talked about this, people talk about him running and stuff. He doesn't take a hit. He doesn't. I, look, he, I, I'm the one. I still don't think it's sustainable, and I'm going to probably go to, go to my grave. For over 32 years, Nelson & Associates, a family-owned, Ohio-based, full-service real estate company, has specialized in the management and development of affordable housing communities. Choose Nelson & Associates for all of your real estate needs, whether it's sales, development, property management, or consulting. We are an experienced professional team providing quality service. For more information about Nelson & Associates, please visit us on the web at www.nelsonasc.com or call us at 513-961-6011. Wyoming trying to go 1-0 this week in advance to the regional final next week. They'll have to break the tie against Indian Hill. As we are about to begin the second half, the Cowboys and the Braves deadlocked at seven in this regional semifinal here on WyomingAthletics.org and ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. I'm Jason Griefer. Delighted to have you here with us in what's been a defensive struggle for both sides. Indian Hills' only score came on a punt return from quarterback Trey Lopez. Meanwhile, Wyoming converted on a fourth and goal late in the half to tie it up. Winner of this one takes on the winner of Roger Bacon and Valley View. And right now at halftime, it is Valley View leading Roger Bacon. 21 to 14. That regional final takes place next Saturday night. We're set for the second half kickoff here at Pat Mancuso Field. Short kick will be fielded 
by Whitehead at the 15-yard line. Whitehead trying to bounce out to the left sideline. It's cut down across the 30-yard line by Sam Taylor, and Indian Hill will start just outside the 30-yard line here in the second half. Indian Hill's offense didn't see the field much in the first half, really in large part thanks to that punt return from Trey Lopez and the fact that Wyoming has been so content to run the play clock down to the final second or two really on every snap and kept the Braves offense on the sideline, but they are out now here to begin this third quarter. Lopez will go from the gun and have Weiler to his right, two receivers out wide. He'll throw it out wide. It is caught by Amari Whitehead. Whitehead at the four, he lost the football and is recovered by the Cowboys. Whitehead tried to cut back into the inside and it was poked away and Wyoming forces the turnover. Will Schuler on the recovery. So on the first play of the second half, Wyoming's defense gets the ball back to Evan Prater, and the Cowboys will take over at the Indian Hill 43-yard line. It had been a defensive tilt in the first half, and now Wyoming draws the turnover. Whitehead really had just carried the ball out wide like a loaf of bread. Cowboys take over first and 10. And it was poked out as he tried to cut back into the middle and Schuler fell on it. So Wyoming's offense immediately onto the field. Hagan will come in motion from right to left to stand alongside Mitchell. Bo Thomas in the backfield. Kadish out wide to the right. Pagan out wide to the right on the end of round. Pagan inside the 30. Inside and be brought down at the 26-yard line. Brennan Pagan, perfectly timed sweep, and it's a gain of 17 on first down. He came in motion to from right to left, then cut back left to right, and the timing on the snap was perfect. And Prater put it right in Pagan's breadbasket for the gain of 17 on first down. So to the 26, the Cowboys go. And Prater will operate from the right hash. Stacked receivers to the right. Bo Thomas in the backfield. Jute Mitchell out solo to the left. Thomas will get it up the middle. Thomas crosses the 25, gets down to the 23-yard line. Thomas having to carry the bulk of the work in the backfield because Elijah McGee is out with the knee injury. Second and seven for the Cowboys. One minute into this third quarter. Lee Camp makes another stop Second for Indian down. Hill. Said his name quite often. He has been very, very physical. Indian Hill loaded the box quite often in the first half. They'll do it again here. Nine in the box for Indian Hill. Prater's going to roll to the left, looking to throw at the last moment. Now steps out wide. He throws it late, complete to Pagan. Pagan inside the 20 and near the first down marker. He'll be about a yard shy. Prater waited to the absolute last second to get it away to Brennan Pagan. He had tucked it left, then pulled it out like he was going to throw to Mitchell, but the coverage was too good to throw it deep. And Prater, just as he was getting dragged down, found Pagan for the game. It will be third down, and they'll mark it as two from the 18-yard line. Third and two. The ball spotted just outside of the 18, so really about two and a half. Pagan will be in the backfield to the left of Evan Prater. O'Gara in tight on the line. Indian Hill stuffs the box. Prater, design quarterback, run the whole way. He'll have the first down inside the 15-yard line. Indian Hill trying to rip the ball out. Can't do it. Forward progress stopped at the 14-yard line. First down, Cowboys. 
Pretty simple offense that time for Wyoming, and seemingly every time Brennan Pagan's been in the backfield, lined up as a tailback, he's really just becoming a lead blocker for Evan Prater. Shows the toughness of Pagan at 5'10", 175, wanting to lead the way for a six-foot-five All-American quarterback. 15 on the play clock, 9.30 on the game clock in the third. From the left hash, Prater now gets things set. He'll have C.J. Hester in the backfield to his right. Now he'll shift left, down to five. Pagan in motion. Prater going to give it to Hester. Hester cuts into the middle, trying to lower his head. He is walloped at the 10-yard line. And we shove back to the 11. There was space there for a moment, and it was slammed shut by Luke Hammond, who came down from his safety spot and just a Mack truck collision at the 10-yard line advantage Hammond. This has been a physical Indian Hill defense against a Wyoming offense that has continued to rely on the ground game. And it was interesting because Wyoming's early possessions in the first half, they were primarily moving the ball through the air, not allowing Evan Prater to win this game with his legs like he did two weeks ago when he ran for 303 yards. Pagan will go in motion on this play to the right. Prater will keep it himself on the draw, up the middle. Evan Prater pushing his way towards the five-yard line, and they will blow his forward progress dead at the five. It will be third down and a yard. Ball will be spotted towards the left hash, but still in the center of the field. Five-yard gain for Prater. So third down and a yard. Wyoming looking to take advantage of the Amari Whitehead fumble and put it in the end zone. And the Cowboys out for their first lead. Here goes in motion from right to left. Pagan in the backfield, he'll lead the way for Prater. Prater forward for the first down. Evan Prater will set Wyoming up first and goal from the two-yard line. Ball came out late, but well after Prater had been whistled down. Once again, simple football. Pagan leads the way off the left side, and Evan Prater moves the chains. First and goal, it will be from the two-yard line for the Cowboys. 7.45 on the clock here in the third quarter. We are still tied at seven. Prater gets set. Pagan will be to his right in the backfield this time. We'll see if Prater takes it and tucks it that way. He will. Pagan leads the way. Prater walks in untouched for the Cowboys' score. Terrific job on the right side of the line by Pagan and Hammond O'Gara to clear the way, and Prater walks in untouched, and Wyoming has its first lead of the night. A.J. Washenka will come on for the extra point, and Wyoming does indeed take advantage of the Indian Hill fumble. Good snap, good hold, and Washenko's extra point is good. Evan Prater, one through the air, now one on the ground. The All-American with a second touchdown tonight. Wyoming has its first lead, 7.26 to go in the third. Wyoming 14, Indian Hill 7, here at wyomingathletics.org and ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Looking for future leaders we can believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Ohio. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It includes learning to listen, accepting responsibility, being a good role model, and it's about respect. The result, it transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. 
This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Evan Prater's 20th touchdown rush of the season puts Wyoming ahead 14 to 7, 7.26 remaining in the third quarter. Now it's Indian Hills' turn for a response. That drive encompassing over four and a half minutes. Wyoming going 53 yards on the drive. Evan Prater finished it from two yards out. Trey Lopez and Amari Whitehead will await the kick of A.J. Washenko. They will stand at the 10-yard line. From the left hash, Washenko will try the short kick in front of Lopez on the right side. He'll field it at the 25. Trey Lopez going out to the right side. A little bit of space there initially, and he's eventually yanked down just shy of the 35-yard line, and that's where the Braves will take over. Their previous possession here in the third quarter lasted all of one play. Amari Whitehead took a swing pass out on the right side, trying to cut back into the middle, lost the football. It was recovered by Will Schuler, and thus set up Wyoming in an excellent field position, and they were able to punch it in. Indian Hill will start this drive from the right hash at its own 34-yard line. Indian Hill moving left to right here in the third quarter. Lopez, as is customary, from the gun will have Weiler to his left, two wide receivers out wide to his left, and Weiler will get the carry, trying to lower his head, spins off one man, spins off a second, lost the ball again, and Wyoming has it again. This time, Will Schuler one more time as Weiler Spun off of one hit, trying to do a little too much down on the ground. The ball squirted free, and Will Schuler has his second fumble recovery. Two offensive plays, two lost fumbles, and Wyoming gets the ball back again. It looked like Weiler was trying to army crawl over the top of defenders and was nearly down. But two fumbles on two offensive plays for the Braves, and Wyoming is set up at the Indian Hill 49-yard line. Evan Prater back to work. He'll send Pagan to his right on the sweep. Pagan's going to get it. Hester cleared one block. Pagan spins off of one tackle, gets to the 47 for a gain of two. Pagan on a three-yard carry. This Wyoming defense. Talked about it on our weekly 80 podcast with Jan Wilking and how good they've been all year long. They came into today allowing just 67 points on the year. Here they have forced turnovers on back-to-back plays in the second half of this regional semifinal. Prater wants to throw on second down. Down the field, and that is incomplete for the moment. No, now they'll say it's caught. Brennan Pagan tipped it up into the air. It was deflected off of Whitehead, and Pagan on the turf, flat on his back. It drops right in his lap for a completion to the 29-yard line. Flag down on the play behind where Prater let it go. Tack on 15 more. It'll be roughing the passer. I think they're going to get Grant Lanham. So not only the circus play from Brennan Pagan, 15 more yards will be tacked onto the end of it, and Wyoming is immediately back in the Indian Hill red zone. 
Sometimes you gotta be lucky if you're trying to repeat as state champions. That pass from Prater was a wobbling duck that was deflected by Pagan, deflected by Whitehead, and Pagan just happened to be Johnny in the spot, flat on his back, and it fell right into his gut on the turf. And after the roughing the passer penalty, the ball's gonna go all the way down to the Indian Hill 14-yard line. 6.25 to go in the third, and my, how the tables have turned here in the third quarter. Everything going wrong for the Braves, everything going right for the Cowboys. Pagan goes in motion to the right, Prater running up the middle, dances around one, dances around a second, Prater inside the 10, he nearly lost the football, but is brought down with possession at the seven yard line. Indian Hill getting a little more aggressive, trying to rip the ball out, sensing maybe a little bit of danger time right now. Wyoming having all of the momentum here in the first half of this third quarter. Summer on the tackle. And really, so far, this third has been Indian Hill who has been able, unable to get out of its own way. They've run two offensive plays and lost fumbles on both. Then the circus play to Pagan, 15 yards tacked on for roughing the passer. Second down and two. Hester up the middle. C.J. Hester has a first down inside the five. Met at the four-yard line and driven back. But, again, it should be enough for a Wyoming first down to set up first and goal. And, indeed, the chains are dropped. And it will be first and goal for the Cowboys from the left hash from the Braves' four-yard line. And with the way Indians Hill, Indian Hill's offense has struggled tonight against this Wyoming defense, how big would a two-score lead be for the Cowboys? Pagan in the backfield to Prater's left. He has been a lead blocker for Evan Prater the whole night. O'Gara now moves to the left. Will Prater run left? Yes, he will. Evan Prater out wide, dives for the pylon, and he is in for the touchdown. You knew it was a matter of time before the All-American got his legs going, and Evan Prater with back-to-back -back rushing touchdowns in the third has extended the Cowboys' lead to 20-7. to with an A.J. Washenko extra point coming. You want to take down the defending state champions. You want to end their 26-game winning streak. You can't cough the ball up like Indian Hill has here in this third quarter. Wyoming is too good and will make you pay, and they've done it twice now. A.J. Washenko's extra point is good. Two lost fumbles in two plays that led to 14 Cowboys points. 5.07 to go to third, Wyoming 21, Indian Hill 7 on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Northwestern Mutual Cincinnati, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right question, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want, now and years from now. Plan your financial story with Northwestern Mutual. Contact us today at 513-366-3600 or visit us on the web at cincinnati.nm.com. Wyoming has turned this third quarter into its own personal jungle. Two lost fumbles by Indian Hill have turned into 14 Cowboys points. Both scores on the legs of Evan Prater and 5.07 to go in the third. Wyoming all of a sudden has jumped out to a 21-7 lead, scoring 21 unanswered. 
against Indian Hill. And now the first issue for the Braves is can they get past one offensive play here on this series? Washenko will tee it up from the left hash. Whitehead and Jones will await the kick. This time Washenko kicks it deep, and Whitehead will get a chance inside his own 15. Amari Whitehead up the middle, has some space, spins out of one tackle, and is eventually roped down at the 37-yard line. So good return for Whitehead. Indian Hill will be set up with decent field position. I think right now Braves fans might be happy if they could just get to a second down. They have fumbled the ball on each of the previous two drives here in the first half. And I say drives, each of them lasted one play. And now in the backfield, Charlie Summerell, Summerell, I should say, for Indian Hill. Lopez will throw out wide, and that is a low ball, and it is caught on the far sideline by Luke Hammond. Breaking on the play in coverage with Nathan Gleason, but the ball was low and wide, a good ball. And Hammond secures the catch down on the turf for a gain of six. Samaro in at tailback. First time we've seen him in the backfield on offense. 6-2-2-10 tailback. He can tote it. Lopez will throw it out wide. This play on the screen to Whitehead. Whitehead strung out of bounds by Glisson. Great job by Nathan Glisson to force Whitehead out. Back at the 42-yard line. He'll lose about a yard and a half. It'll be third down for the Braves. Third down and five it will be from the Indian Hill 42-yard line. Clock stopped at 427 in the third. Samaro in the backfield to the left of Lopez. Design speed option to the left. Lopez, he will keep it himself. Hesitation move, not going to get there. He'll be a couple of yards shy as he's slung down at the 45-yard line. This Indian Hill offense continues to be stymied. It'll be fourth down and a couple, and the Braves will send on the punting unit. It will be fourth down. I'd be leery, if I'm Wyoming, of a possible fake here in this scenario, given Indian Hill's score situation and also the place on the field out near midfield. But we'll see what the Braves choose to do. Lundberg, he will just punt it away. Wyoming in safe coverage the whole way. High spiraling kick, and it bounces out inside the 15-yard line. So a good punt by Lundberg not to allow a return, and Wyoming will start with its worst field position of the night at its own 12. Two-score lead now for the Cowboys, and no reason to do anything really tricky or fancy. And you wonder going forward here in this second half and kind of thinking about this at halftime with Indian Hills lack of ability to move the ball offensively how long can this Braves defense hold and at what point will they or do they start to fatigue here in the second half you have to believe now with a two score lead Wyoming is going to continue to primarily keep the ball on the ground and just pound against this Braves front Indian Hill once again will put eight in the box as Pagan goes from right to left, they'll hand it off to Thomas up the middle. He is clocked right at the line. Bounces off, though, and falls forward for about a yard and a half just outside the 13-yard line. But Indian Hill just laying the lumber any chance they get against whoever is toting the rock for the Cowboys. 
3.20 to go in the third. Wyoming leading 21-7. The ball spotted just inside the 14-yard line. Prater from the gun has Hester to his left. Pagan comes in motion from right to left. Pagan's going to get it on the sweep. Hester, good block to clear space for Hagen. Pagan up the middle and cuts inside across the 20 and should have a first down out near the 23-yard line. Good job by C.J. Hester to stand up Will Kleekamp, who was coming for the heat. And Hester giving up a lot of size. Nearly 100 pounds to Kleekamp and was able to stand him up to allow Pagan to get out wide and pick up the first down. That is strong toughness from Hester, the freshman. He stays in on this play to the right of Prater. Hester will get the carry here and nothing doing. He'll be brought down by Will Adair right at the line of scrimmage. Hester had a breakout game last week in the winner of Milton Union, 147. Valley View has extended its lead over Roger Bacon midway through the third. Valley View leading Roger Bacon now 28 to 14. Why that's important? The winner of that matchup takes on the winner of this one here between Wyoming and Indian Hill next week in the regional final. Brader now can go with an empty backfield. Three receivers to the right, Juke Mitchell to the left. Mitchell has been quiet since a couple of first quarter catches. He will be lined up with Whitehead and no safety help. Prater's going to keep it on the ground, though. Left side, Prater has space across the 30, across the 35. It will be a first down for the Cowboys. Good space on the left side. Prater's contending he was grabbed by the face mask. No call there. But nevertheless, it's a 14-yard gain for Evan Prater, one of his longest of the night. It might even be his longest of the night. It moves the sticks for the Cowboys, who are more than content to let this clock roll as it stands. 100 seconds to go in the third. Bunch formation to the right. Juke Mitchell to the left here. And O'Gara in the backfield alongside of Evan Prater for the moment. Camden O'Gara with one catch in the first half. Also one of the better defenders in the CHL. Prater, quarterback draw all the way across the 40. Spins, trying to spin away, but a good job by Whitehead to stay home and bring him down. Prater put the spin move on him, but Whitehead... Did not fall for the B-button juke and stays with Prater to bring him down at the 41 for a gain of four. Now reset the shot clock as the hand warmer pouch for Prater came off on the tackle. wonder if Prater might go get that back. I wouldn't blame him to keep the hands warm. It is cold out here in Pat Mancuso Field. Our producer engineer Zach Waddell has hand warmers for days to my right here, and he's also keeping the hands in the pockets. Very smart man. Prater lets the clock roll, 40 seconds. Second and six from the 41. Prater hands off to Thomas, left side. Thomas just lowers the shoulders, gets out to the 44-yard line. It'll be third and three, and Wyoming's coaching staff putting four fingers up in the air. Likely we will move to the fourth quarter. Wyoming does not have to snap it here if they choose. And right now, it looks like Prater is going to go ahead and go to the line. Ten seconds on the quarter. Will he choose to snap it? Down to five. O'Gara in motion. And nearly got a brave to jump offside, and Prater will not snap it. And that will be the end 
of the third quarter. Wyoming's defense, the story in the third. They forced two turnovers from Indian Hill on the Braves' first two offensive plays of the half. Evan Prater doing the work from there. He has all three scores for the Wyoming Cowboys. One through the air, two on the ground. We go to the fourth, Wyoming 21, Indian Hill 7, here at wyomingathletics.org and ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. And we'd like to thank you for doing your part. London Computer Systems is a seven-time top workplace thanks to their top Cincinnati workforce. For three decades, LCS has been a leading provider of critical business technologies, including their signature property management software, Rent Manager. Take the next step in your career and join this award-winning workforce. Visit www.lcs.com careers today. Do want to give our thanks to the Angry Quarterbacks providing you the halftime entertainment. You can always hear the Angry Quarterbacks podcast each and every week on ESP Media. Just search for ESP Media and all of your favorite podcast platforms, and you can have it sent right to you if you hit that subscribe button, whichever platform you choose to utilize. Fourth quarter here at Pat Mancuso Field, Wyoming leading Indian Hill 21-7. Indian Hill's only points coming on a punt return from starting quarterback Trey Lopez. The offense has done next to nothing against this stout Cowboys defense. But right now it's the Wyoming offense with work to do. Third and three as they flip sides of the field. Wyoming now working left to right. And the Cowboys spotted at their own 44-yard line. Prater with three receivers to the left. He'll keep it on the quarterback draw right in the middle. Just lowers the shoulders and the strength of Evan Prater will be enough for the first down. Just lowered his head and pushed the pile forward to the 48-yard line with Camden O'Gara leading the way. And you just get the sense the way things are going that Indian Hill is going to have to try, have to force a turnover to get the ball back for its offense because this offense for Indian Hill has done next to nothing tonight. They'll spot the ball just shy of the 49. Prater will have Bo Thomas alongside of the backfield. Brennan Pagan coming across. They're going to give it to Thomas up the middle. Thomas just bangs forward, continues to carry guys into Braves territory to the 43-yard line, a gain of eight for Bo Thomas. Summerall brings him down, but not before it becomes a much more manageable second down and two for the Cowboys. Offensive line set. Prater for the moment has Thomas behind him in the pistol. Two receivers to the right. Juke Mitchell out to the left. Thomas will stay in the pistol on second and two. Indian Hill coming with the pressure. And Prater keeps it on the option play. And he will move forward to the 42-yard line. It'll be a, a, about a yard and a half shy of the line to gain. Not much doing in the middle for Prater, but it's third and one. Ten twenty-five on the clock, and it continues to roll. And Wyoming has been more than content to let the clock roll all night long. Sam Taylor comes in late now to check in for Bo Thomas on this third down play. 15 seconds on the play clock. Wyoming has still not gotten to the line of scrimmage. Now they do with 10. O'Gara in the backfield. Expect Prater to keep this on third and one, and he does with O'Gara leading the way. And Evan Prater has a first down across the 40 to the 38-yard line. 
Wyoming winning more and more first down plays that allows them to get into these second down and short and third down and short situations. And at that point, it's Evan Prater playing smash mouth football to move the chains. They'll spot the ball back at the 39. It'll be first down, Cowboys, under 10 minutes to go. Don't have official stats in front of me, but Wyoming has crushed it on time of possession here tonight. Prater with Aguera to his left in the backfield. Three receivers to the right. And Prater wants to keep it on the quarterback keeper the whole way. Spins out of one tackle, falls forward to the 35, a pickup of four. Luke Hammond in on the stop and also Dylan Halloran and we have an injured player on the far side it's Charlie DeGenero of Indian Hill as he is down on the play and proceedings will be halted for the moment and DeGenero able to get up and walk off under his own power that's good to see and so it should be a brief stoppage here And now they'll wind the clock as DeGenero walks over to the bench. Ball spotted between the hashes at the 35-yard line. Clock now rolling. Third time's a charm for our officiating crew to blow the whistle to get the clock rolling here. But we now are rolling and now under nine minutes to play. Bo Thomas back in behind Prater in the pistol. And Thomas, the straight handoff, not much doing as he's cut down right at the line of scrimmage. Tackled on the play by Will Adair and Alex Lindbergh. It'll bring up third and six for the Cowboys. Prater looking to the sideline. Hester comes in now on this third down play. It will be third down and five. Where will Prater go here? Wyoming has really not needed to throw the ball this second half. Will they look to do it here on third down and officially five? Aguera goes in motion to the right side of the line. Hester in the backfield next to Evan Prater. Play clock down to five, Prater sees it. They'll give it to Hester up the middle. Spins out of one tackle, gets to the 31-yard line. It'll be fourth down and two for the Cowboys. And I have to think head coach Aaron Hancock was thinking two downs the entire way with that play call. It'll be fourth and two, and Wyoming's offense unsurprisingly stays on the field. Cowboys need the 29-yard line. And quickly to the line. Prater sends O'Gara from right to left. This has been Evan Prater time all night long. Prater will look to the sideline and get his adjustment. Will it be an actual adjustment? Will it be a dummy adjustment? We'll find out. Indian Hill has put nine in the box. O'Gara, quarterback keeper to the left, trying to push his way forward. He is right at the line, and I think he's going to get help from his offensive lineman to get the first down. The old Reggie Bush push. May have just extended the change for Wyoming, and in fact it does. Prater was stood up at the 29, and then a whole host of Cowboys came running up from behind to push him forward to the 28. And that is a killer for Indian Hill. The Braves have seven minutes now remaining in their season. They have to find something defensively here to get the ball back. 
you almost have to think with the way Indian Hills offense has struggled to move the ball, they're going to need some kind of scoop and score scenario on this possession. Right now, Prater sees the play clock right in front of him. He can take it all the way down if he so chooses. He will snap it with three and give it to Hester, left side. Hester tripped up, bounced away, though, inside the 25. I said tripped up, and he was somehow was able to keep his footing across the 24, and now extra flags coming in after the play. A whole host of players in there for both sides. I didn't see who exactly it was on. Now the officials are signaling it's against Indian Hill. And the Braves, maybe with a penalty like that, starting to sense this thing slipping away. That's now going to give Wyoming the ball inside the 15-yard line. Hester was down and perhaps just a, an extra hit after the play was over. It couldn't tell who it was that committed the infraction, but it'll be half the distance to the goal, so Wyoming has the ball in the Indian Hill 12-yard line looking for the potential knockout blow with 6.20 remaining. 21-7, Wyoming leads. Wyoming actually broke the huddle back near the 25-yard line. The lineman had to do some sprinting to get up forward. Clock rolls. Evan Prater sees it on the left hash, straight down his vision tunnel. Hand off up the middle to Hester. He is popped right at the line and driven backwards. Now I'm not even sure if he got back to the line of scrimmage. Zach Osterhuis was one of the first in on the play to stand him up. Nathan Berger also makes the play there to stand Hester up. It's a loss of one to the 13. Even at this point, if Wyoming is stymied, if you trust A.J. Washenko here, you boot a field goal. It's a three-score lead and probably too much for Indian Hill to overcome. But, of course, Cowboys fans, they don't want three. They want six. And who could blame them? Pagan coming in motion. He will take it on the end around, trying to get out wide. Pagan inside the 10. Brennan Pagan cut down at the six-yard line, I believe. Nogaro is slow to get up behind the play. And they do indeed mark it there at the six-yard line. So it will be third down and four as we now have under five minutes remaining. It will be third down and four. Ball spotted at the six-yard line. Well, the ball now inside the 10-yard line. I see no reason why Wyoming would not consider this four-down territory. Even if you don't convert on third or fourth down, Indian Hills backed up in its own red zone with an offense that's done nothing. Prater fakes a toss out wide. Evan Prater forward into the end zone, and that might be the death knell for Indian Hill. Evan Prater's third rushing touchdown of the half, his fourth total touchdown of the game, and Wyoming an extra point away from a 28-7 lead with 4.25 to go. And some Indian Hill fans across the way starting to head for the exits. There's only so long you can hold down an All-American, and I have to wonder, too, if the Indian Hill defense has started to fatigue. Washenko's extra point is no good, missed wide to the right. 4.25, though, to go in the ballgame in Indian Hill in need of a miracle now. Evan Prater with three rushing touchdowns in the second half. It's Wyoming 27, Indian Hill 7 on wyomingathletics.org. 
Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com slash radio for more information. Valley View leads Roger Bacon 28-21 late in the third. And the winner of that one likely now to take on Wyoming as the Cowboys have scored 27 unanswered to lead Indian Hill 27-7. 4.25 to go in the fourth quarter. And a lot of fans for Indian Hill starting to head for the exits and even a few Cowboys fans. It is cold out here at Pat Mancuso Field. And with a 20-point lead, some Cowboys fans feeling pretty good about the team's chances to pull things down. We're at a chilly 32 degrees out here, wind making it feel like it's 29. So some fans have decided the cold weather may be enough for them for one night. Still a great crowd here from both sides. Washenko will kick it back deep to Whitehead and will field it inside his own 10-yard line. Whitehead up the right sideline, out across the 30, dragging Cowboys tacklers to the 35-yard line. And that's where Indian Hill will begin this possession. This Wyoming defense maybe hasn't gotten the credit it deserves all year long because of how good Evan Prater is individually. And you generally see the individual getting the credit ahead of the team awards in sports nowadays. But this defense has been spectacular here tonight. Indian Hill has been able to muster almost nothing the Braves' only score came on a punt return from, from quarterback Trey Lopez. Lopez will keep it on the read option, going up the middle, across the 40, across the 45, into Wyoming territory, bounces off a second tackler to the 45-yard line. Nice run from Trey Lopez, a gain of 20 on first down. That might be the Braves' longest play of the night. Indian Hill needs chunk plays like that. They need points in a hurry. And the tempo needs to be picked up as well for the Braves. Under four minutes to go. Two receivers to the left. Whitehead out to the right. The read option. The handoff in the middle to Tyler. Stacked up by three Cowboys defenders. A gain to the 41. A little surprised Indian Hill not going to the air on this drive. Trailing by 20 points with 340 left in the season. Three-yard gain. Three-yard gain for Tyler, making it second and seven. Three receivers to the right now, one to the left, and a stoppage in play. Not sure what the holdup in play is here. Now Wyoming sends on a late sub, unless I, I must have missed an Indian Hill substitution on the far sideline which would then allow a Wyoming sub in. Now we're back to action. Lopez keeping it himself the whole way, crosses the 40, brought down at the 39-yard line, making it third and four. Still surprising to see Indian Hill continuing to operate the offense like he's keeping the ball on the ground. I know the ground game is the strong suit of the Braves, and they want to keep doing that, but you're trailing by 20 points with three minutes left in your season. You have to try and start picking up chunk plays through the air. 
The ground game has primarily been stymied by this Cowboys defense. 2.40 remaining, third down and four. Lopez, roll out to the right, he will throw out there, and the ball is dropped. A low pass out there could not be handled by William Schneider. It will be fourth and four for the Braves. Lopez looking on the sideline for the play. Indian Hill obviously keeping its offense on the field. He'll line up dead center of the field for this fourth down and four play. And perhaps Indian Hill's last stand in this regional semifinal. Schneider in motion, Lopez. They want the inside screen. Whitehead, good job to catch it off a of sneaker tops. Whitehead inside the 30, inside the 25. It'll be a first down on the conversion to the 23-yard line. They needed four and picked up 16. Nice catch by Whitehead. That pass from Lopez was headed right into the turf, and Whitehead picked it up off his shoelaces for the first down. Clock re resets now, 2.25 to go. But before that happens, we have a stoppage in play. Flag on the play. Flag on the play. Unsportsmanlike conduct against Indian Hill. I did not see what that was. That was well after the previous play concluded. Looked like we were closer to the start of this next play and a personal foul from the sideline judge. I'm guessing either a coach or a player or somebody said something to the official that he did not like, and thus the penalty, 15-yarder backs it up. It makes it first and 25 from the 38-yard line. Lopez, pump fake. Sprinting out to the right side, trying to make something happen. Now he's working back into the middle. Lopez trying to sprint left, trying to work away. He'll throw it down there, and it is intercepted by the Cowboys. And coming up this side, Nathan Glisson banged out of bounds at the 40-yard line. Lopez just trying to make something happen in this situation. And Nathan Glisson picks it off. His second pick of the year has likely just sealed this for Wyoming. Wyoming a minute 57 away now from going to 12-0 on the year, 1-0 this week. And to take on the winner of Valley View and Roger Bacon next Saturday night. And all Wyoming has to do now is burn down the rest of the clock. Indian Hill has its full allotment of timeouts. I don't know that we'll see the Braves use them in this situation. Raider will operate from the gun, as is customary. He will have Hester in the backfield. Hester trying to slip through, and he pushes forward to the 45-yard line for a gain of five. And in fact, Indian Hill will not use its allotment of timeouts, and will just play this game out. It was really the two lost fumbles on the first two plays of the second half for Indian Hill that made the difference. First Whitehead, and then Weiler, on back-to-back -back offensive plays for the Braves, it turned into two Evan Prater rushing touchdowns, and that's been the difference. 120 to go. Blake clock down to 15. Prater sees it. He'll make a check out wide. I don't know that it's anything more than just to kill a few more seconds off the clock. Hester to his right in the backfield. Hester will get the carry right side and stumbles forward just shy of the 48-yard line. Make it third down and about two. One minute on the clock. 
O'Gara a little slow to get up. And he will come out now. Hopefully nothing serious there. Jared Hancock will take his place. Wyoming's defense, the story once again. Indian Hill came to play defensively in this one, but just wore down by this rushing attack of Wyoming, led by Evan Prater, Bo Thomas, C.J. Hester, and also Brennan Pagan. 25 seconds to play on third down and two. Hester will get the carry up the middle, and Hester will be stopped short of the line again. It won't matter, though. No timeouts called from Indian Hill, and that this game is in the books. Wyoming scores 27 unanswered to beat Indian Hill for the second time in 15 days. Wyoming wins this regional semifinal 27-7. The Cowboys go to 12-0 on the year. Roger Bacon and Valley View in a tight one. Wyoming advances and will get the winner of that game next Saturday night. Wyoming's defense impressive once again. Evan Prater with all four touchdowns for Wyoming, and the Cowboys are through to the regional final as they defeat Indian Hill 27-7. For our producer and engineer, Zach Waddell, I'm Jason Griever. Thank you so much for joining us. Terrific night for the Cowboys. They're on to the next round. You've been listening to Wyoming Football on WyomingAthletics.org on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.